Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Sala. Today, we are doing a spoiler talk review for Pixar's Luca, the latest entry of the Pixar lineup of animated movies that are kid-friendly and adult-savvy. And join with me, as always, is my good friend via satellite radio who has a personal connection to the setting of this movie. That's right, folks. It's my good friend, Mark, a.k.a. the Sea Monkey. How you doing out there, Mr. Sea Monkey? I would like a sea banana, good sir. Ah, well, fortunately, I do not have any plantains, but this fruit basket should do good. Do you have any sea plantains? Oh, that I might have, but I'll have to check my pantry. Oh, okay. Well, please do. Anywho, I say let's get to this review. But before we do that, may I remind you folks that here on the Matt Seller Podcast, we like to discuss animation, whether in TV or movies. So if you enjoy hearing conversations like that, be sure to subscribe, like this video, share with your friends, any way you can help support this channel and help it grow. But with all that out of the way, Mark, why don't you let the fine folks know what is Pixar's Luca all about? Well, Matt, set in the beautiful seaside town on the Italian Riviera known as Porto Rosso, this story follows Luca in a coming-of-age story about a young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, endless scooter rides, and so much more. Luca will be sharing these adventures with his newfound best friend, a fellow merboy. Oh, did I mention Luca's a merboy? Yeah, that kind of is a thing. Because uh, the Italian Riviera is apparently very hostile to sea monsters, in which Luca is. Along with his new friend Alberto, they learn more about human ways and dream of travel and so much more, and maybe find a little bit more friendship along the way, including meeting a young girl, Julia, her father, and their amazing cat, Machiavelli, and a bunch of guys that spend their time picking on kids, but probably are like a good five, maybe eight years older than them, and you really wonder what's going on with their sad, miserable lives. It's a wonderful little story about summer and just the simple stories we have from those times in our childhood. Yeah, that's about it, really. <laughs> and there's mermen. Did I mention that? <laughs> there are. I think you did, which, by the way, it's funny, I don't think the movie ever established what they call themselves. All the other humans, they just call them sea monsters. No, they, re they really didn't. That's sad. That's really sad. Shows you how much we humans like to put ourselves in the center of everything. You know, Matt, I didn't want to say it, but this movie is very human-centric. I'm just saying, let the sea monsters have their movie. Damn right. Anywho, that is a general synopsis of this movie. To get this quickly out of the way, I want to get these points going for myself at least and then i want to jump over to you mark for me personally i really enjoyed this movie it's not my favorite pixar movie obviously but i like how simple the story was how much of a personal journey it was for luca kind of exploring outside his usual environment learning the dynamic relationships between alberto one of his first new friends and julia helping her beat the town bully Purely to bring down his evil tyranny. And his cool Vespa. Right? It was it was a very sweet, simple story. And dare I say, I know this is kind of a cliche, but I kind of got a little bit more of the innocent vibe of Studio Ghibli storytelling with this movie a little bit. It felt more of like a modern fairy tale. Even though there's no definitive time era with this movie, I like that feel. You probably heard it multiple times on social media. The colors... And the art style in this movie were fantastic. I really liked how simple and expressive everything was. Well, there's a good reason for that, Matt, probably. The film's director, Enrico Casarosa, who some of you might know, I mean, if you don't recognize his style, as the director of that Pixar short, La Luna, that came out a few years back with the little boy who uh, 
is in the boat with his father and his grandfather and they sweep up the stars and everything. It, it's a cute little bedtime mess story. The director himself describes it as paying homage to a few Italian classic filmmakers as well as a dash of Miyazaki in there. So, you know, maybe that was intentional. I think so. And like I said, I think overall this movie was like a lot of fun. It did not get me as teary-eyed as some other Pixar films do, but there were little moments between characters that happened that I felt their pain for like a split second and thus made me really emulate with them quite well. And so that would generally be my positives. I really had no issue with the story itself or the acting or really anything else on the technical side. There is one major problem that I had and it wasn't like an intentional mistake. It's just something I wish they did instead. But I want to hand the rein back over to you, Mark. What were some of your takeaways with Luca? I like Luca a considerable amount. It's going to be hard for me to not compare this to Coco in a way. Now, I love Coco. For me, Coco, it honestly fluctuates at any point in the day whether or not it is my favorite Pixar movie. And being someone who both his grandmothers are from Genoa, Italy, this story and this setting and a lot of some of the cultural things that it touched on are very important to me and for a lot of people in my family. And it was very nice to see it in a lot of ways. I wish that in some cases the voice acting reflected that a little more like in Coco. I don't have any necessarily problems with the performances so much as just maybe the X factor genuine feel of it, particularly with the main characters. But it is beautiful. It for the most part goes for a more stylized approach, except for maybe in the flora department where it kind of starts to creep in a little good dinosaur-y, but it, it works. It pulls it back just in time. I love Machiavelli the cat and I love the father. I think some of his little moments with Alberto are precious and really could have been a much more a, a emotional part in the movie. There's a lot of great little things in this movie that make it a great little movie. I'm very happy for it, and I'm very happy to have it. It's a Pixar movie, because there's a problem I have with Pixar movies, especially lately, is people going, Pixar movies aren't for kids. And I, Pixar movies are for everyone, and they're primarily aimed at kids. The fact that they have deeper themes, aside from a minion making fart noises for, you know, two hours, is, you know, more of a tragic tale of, you know, maybe some modern animation than it is an indictment of, you know, what we consider kids' movies these days. But I like that it was just this little story. This was a little story of, hey, this one thing happened this one summer. I certainly have childhoods where there was, you know, stories like this. And, you know, it wasn't some grand adventure that a bunch of 40-year-olds or 30-year-olds or whatever-year-olds sitting there watching an animated movie and going, oh, yes, I identify with this. No, this is just an innocent, simple, little love letter to those simple summer stories we all have. And I think that's where it does find its niche. I do think it being a fun, simple little story is honestly very refreshing. I certainly agree with that, and I think that's where my connection to this really came from. But one more fun fact, this actually premiered, apparently, at the Aquarium of Genoa, and I have been there. Very nice aquarium. But Matt, is there anything you'd like to add? So yeah, no, I've, I've said before, I agree with you on all those points there. Obviously, with my background, I don't identify entirely with uh, the Italian setting. Although I do have family members who have direct connections to that, so it would be fascinating to see their take on it. But I respect exactly what you're saying, and I'll admit, me being a big fan of Coco, I like those little snippets of, like, authenticities there. And I felt like there was somewhat there here in Luca, but I plead ignorance of that, so I trust your judgment. I would actually love to watch the Italian dub of this movie to see how that translate, how it quote-unquote translates, but how maybe if that fixes that little thing for me because a bunch of my family actually 
that's probably how they're going to be exposed to this movie the first time. And I'd love to know how they feel as, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the transplant here. So, you know, even me having that criticism probably for some people isn't quote unquote valid, but I would love to see what their thoughts are and how they view this movie. Absolutely. Worth going into. Let me quickly put in one criticism I do have for the movie. And it's not on the story, the culture or anything like that. It's actually more of a missed opportunity for me personally. And the fact that I enjoy the art style so much that we're usually used to the Pixar style. Like there's just something about it where you see the way the characters are modeled or moving. You identify, oh yeah, that's the Pixar style. But it's not as overbearing as say maybe modern Disney is. For me personally, I'm kind of tired of the current character style of 3D animated characters in official Disney movies. Pixar did something a little bit more different. Yes, I, I hate to bring this up, Good Dinosaur did try to do something different, but it came out to be way too cartoony. A lot of problems there. We're not here to talk about that. But with Luca, there's a very stylized look to them. There's a lot of energy, a lot of expressiveness to them, but they are modeled and animated stylistically and simply that I really love. My problem is is the animation itself, to me, felt like standard Pixar animation, where, yes, they have good animation, it's passable, it's lifelike, but still exaggerated, but it's still very, very subtle, and focuses on the acting of the characters, which is good. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but considering I noticed in the movie, the characters have very simple mouth shapes, they deform in a very 2D kind of way, and there's been shots where if a character was like semi in profile, whenever they had their mouth shown on the side, you don't actually see the back of their mouth, you see the profile silhouette of their mouth shapes, which is very common in anime movies like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Hotel Transylvania, and I think we've even seen some of that in Mitchell's vs. the Machines. So I would have liked to see more of a focus on that in this movie. And also, I wish we had more cartoony expressions and exaggerations in this movie. Really push the boundaries of the animation. We got hints of that in Inside Out with some of the emotions. Things like that. Again, it's not a terrible detractor, but I really wish they pushed the boundaries of the animation itself. Not just the art style or the models themselves. In fact, it kind of reminded me of the Peanuts a little bit. So I would have kind of liked a little bit more experimentation there, in my opinion. That is very fair, Matt. It does push at least the art direction in some very fun new ways for Pixar. One thing I did notice, especially since I'm the voice acting snob and I'm a little, I get hung up on that. And, you know, in this movie, it was no exception. There were some performances I kind of maybe would have preferred to recast on. But there is uh, something missing in this movie. Oh, watch that! This is apparently the second Pixar movie to not feature Pixar's good luck charm, John Ratzenberger, who some of you might remember, you know, kind of has been in every Pixar movie in some capacity and, uh, you know, probably most known for voicing characters like uh, Ham from Toy Story. Dude, I am so glad you brought that up because after I watched the movie, I was looking at the cast listing. And I thought to myself, Ratzenberger, he's usually in these Pixar movies. Maybe I missed him. Is he in the credits? No, he wasn't. And I was genuinely concerned. I was upset, sure, but I was concerned. Okay, he hasn't been in the last two. I pray to the gods. I hope he's okay. Or that maybe, worst case scenario, he just retired. 
I don't know. It, it is weird, though, especially because like, we I do think in our private conversations, we did mention how kind of weird his absence was in Soul, even. And, you know, just kind of that undescribable sort of Pixar feel of a movie. But um, yeah, no, he's not in it. I'm, I'm very sad to say that. I, I do love him when he shows up every now and again. I kind of hope they haven't necessarily retired the gimmick or if he's just, you know, kind of retired now, you know, he's enjoying a nice retirement. I hope it's a ladder, man. I really do. Well, folks, you heard our opinion, but now we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comment section below. What did you think of Pixar's Luca? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, ring that bell to be notified when new videos drop. And if you want to support me directly, consider going to my Patreon. And if you want to watch me do some animation, follow me on Twitch. I usually stream on weekends. Links are in the description below. This is Matt Sella. This is Mark. Thanking you all for tuning in. Oh, very operatic.